are going to continue to be looking at the confidence and the certainty that we can have in the wisdom of God. When you think about it, everyone places their confidence in something. Everybody looks for assurance or certainty in something. Everybody. So the question is, are you, am I seeking these things, this confidence, this certainty in the right source? Our minds, our hope, our confidence can go in a lot of different directions, but are we placing this confidence in the right source? I think all of us, those of us who are believers here this morning, I think we know with our heads that this world system, the philosophies of this world, are nowhere that we should be looking for confidence. For certainty. It'll let us down 100% of the time. Maybe it'll provide that immediate help, but in the long run, time and time again, we find ourselves disappointed when our hope is placed in the things of this world. And you know what the definition, of, uh, the famous definition of insanity is, right? doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Maybe that means we should all be in, in, uh, in the insane asylum, right? But we continually go to this world system, to the, this world's methods, the world's philosophies, to try to soothe our souls and bring us confidence. So in chapter 2, we've already seen that if we are to place our confidence and our certainty, not in the wisdom of this age, but in the wisdom of God, that verses 1 to 5 showed us that we have to have a confidence in the Word of God. That Paul says, I came with no other confidence. I sought to know nothing else among you except for Christ crucified. And that is what I declared the word of God to you. His confidence was in the word of God, which was and is, as we've seen time and time again, it is the wisdom of God, the message of Christ crucified. We started to look last week that if we are to have this confidence and, and certainty in God's wisdom and not the wisdom of this world, not only must we have a full confidence in the reality that the message of the Word of God is true, it is worth putting our lives upon, staking everything for, then we also have to have a confidence in God Himself as the source of wisdom. That what he has laid out, though it looks like great folly to the world, it is the very wisdom of the one true God. And it is the wisdom that we are to follow and to give everything for. See, God's revealed his wisdom to us, and as we saw last week, we have to embrace it because it comes from God. 
And we must not only embrace it, but delight in it. As verse 9 says, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. It's not only an embracing of the wisdom of God as the, the one and only true wisdom, it is delighting in it because there is no greater joy, no greater satisfaction than what God has in store for his people. And we're going to continue these themes this morning. We're going to look, we're going to finish looking at God as, as the source of true wisdom. And then we're going to look at one final aspect of finding our confidence and certainty in the wisdom of God. Uh, but I want us to read today's passage. I want us to start off back in verse 6, where what we looked at last week, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter. Uh, so follow along. Be sure you have a Bible or an electronic device with a Bible on it in front of you um, so that you can track with us. Verse 6 says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This morning we're going to continue in looking that we as believers are called to cling to what truly matters. And what truly matters is the wisdom that God has revealed to us in his word. Let's pray. Father, as we take a look at this passage of scripture, Lord, would you grip our hearts with the truths of it? Lord, would you as we are, even this morning, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, Lord, would the Holy Spirit directly apply your word to each of our hearts, 
to each of our situations, to each of the burdens that we are carrying. Lord, would we seek to walk by faith and not by sight? Lord, would we seek to live for you and the great wisdom that you have revealed to us through your word and not the thoughts and philosophies that are screaming at us daily through the television sets, through the, the, the uh, CDs, the, the music, through uh, television and movies and all of these things that are surrounding us. Lord, we just commit this time of, of looking into the scriptures. We commit it to you. Give us attentiveness. Give us openness. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We must have confidence and certainty in the source of wisdom. No one other than God himself. We saw that God has decreed in verse 7, before the ages began, this wisdom of God. None of the rulers understood it, or else they would never have crucified the Messiah. But then in verse 10, we left off looking at this reality. It says, these things, the wonderful mysteries that verse 9 is talking about, that has been decreed by God before the ages began, no one could comprehend it, no one could foresee it. God has revealed to us this great wisdom. Not that we somehow stumbled upon it. The Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. What a marvelous truth this morning. Especially when we look at and we see in verse 7 the word secret, hidden. But then verse 10, now revealed. If we are believers this morning and have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts, in our lives, the Holy Spirit has revealed to us God's great plan of redemption and what awaits us as Christians. Now, we experientially have not tasted the wonders of what is to come. We still walk by faith, but we know what is to come because God's spirit has shown us this through his word hope security peace God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes there will be no more pain there will be no more suffering how many countless Christian across this globe had that and only that to cling to in the midst of suffering and hardship in a lonely prison cell. How many of us are clinging to the reality of God's revealed wisdom and His plan of redemption from His people that started, that He decreed in eternity past, and He promises to see come to fruition? How many of us are clinging to that? Why? Because the Spirit has revealed it. 
and the Spirit is consistently driving our attention back to where our true hope is, even if he is allowing difficult circumstances to cause us to go back to our hope. Maybe this morning, you need to, uh, to be reminded through God's Word and by the Holy Spirit in your own heart that the things you are experiencing right now are for your ultimate good and God is using those things to draw your hope back to Him and not after all of the things our flesh wants to seek for that are composed in the wisdom of this world. That's where what we read about gets to life. But we can have confidence and certainty in the wisdom of God because we have the Spirit of God. This is nothing that we can boast of in and of ourselves. There's no spiritual leader that can somehow be idolized like we see the, the Corinthians were doing. I follow Paul, I follow Paulus, I follow Cephas, uh, all of that. No one can say they have an upper hand in the wisdom of God. Follow me because I truly know the secret path. Not one single Christian can claim to be elite. God has revealed this to every believer who has the Spirit of God in them, and that is every believer. We have the Spirit of God, therefore we can have confidence in God as the source of true wisdom. The path he calls us to follow is not an empty road or a dead end. You see, this should bring a confidence to our daily living. There's a lot of things we don't have the answers for. There's a lot of things God allows in our lives that we don't know why. There's a lot of question marks that we have living in a broken world as broken people. But none of that detracts from our confidence that we have in God when we see the true wisdom that has been revealed to us that God's plan is always right. It is always true. He is always faithful. He always keeps his promises. Look at verse 10, the second part of verse 10. Why can we have confidence that God has revealed his wisdom through the Spirit? It says, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now let's just take a moment to pause right there. The Spirit searches everything. There is nothing that the Holy Spirit does not know. In fact, David in Psalm 139, he says, Where shall I flee from your presence? No matter where I go, where will I flee from your Spirit? No matter where I go, you are there. God's Spirit knows everything. But most importantly, the Spirit searches even the depths of God. 
That word searches is, throughout the Bible, it's used of searching for truth. It can be used of people. In fact, Jesus, uh, in his earthly ministry, he told the religious leaders who were questioning him, he told them, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And then he continues with his response in John 5, 39. We read in 1 Peter 1, 11 that, that the prophet says, they were given the message of God to write to the people of Israel. They prophesied about this coming Messiah. It says they were searching or inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. They knew what they were writing, what they were declaring was something special, but they could not understand who is this that, I'm, that, that God is speaking of? When will he come? And as hard as they searched, they did not have all the answers. But Jesus says in Revelation 2, verse 23, I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. Romans 8, verse 27, talking about God, says he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. So here's God who knows the mind of the Holy Spirit and we have in our text here that is the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God, the depths of God. Reminds me of Romans 11 verses 33 to 36. That'll be on the screen for you. Same word is used of depths. Paul writes, oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Paul says, who has known the mind of the Lord? You know who knows the mind of the Lord? It is the Spirit of the Lord. He has searched everything, even the depths of God. Specifically, as we will see later on in our text, specifically verse, the, uh, verse 12 What Paul is referring here is that we have the the Spirit of God who knows the depths of God, who knows everything about God, specifically the depths of God's plan for His people. The depths of God's plan of His redemption of His people and how everything that this world thought was so foolish... And all of this world places themselves up as God because in man's eyes, in this world's eyes, the things of God are foolish. God's Spirit has sovereignly opened up our hearts to see the truth of His wisdom.
that what appeared to be a useless, dead, crucified Messiah is indeed the Son of God, and he is living, and he is reigning, and he is coming back again one day. Amen? That is our hope. It is not that we know all of the inner workings of God, but it is that we know enough of God revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, specifically through the Word of God, that we can entrust what we do not know to God because God's Word has shown us the character of God revealed through the actions of God and we can place the unknown in the known. And we say, God, we know what you have in store for us And because we know the greater, we can trust you with the the lesser. How many of you, like mechanics, are car mechanic people? The hands slowly start coming up. You know, I'm not a mechanic. Um, Man, just just like I told you, I'm not a, a, a house repairer person, you know. I study God's word. (laughs) Um, But you know what? I love driving. I like going on on drives. I like like just uh, going on road trips. I enjoy that. And you know, never once do I try to figure out what's going on under the hood of the car as I'm driving. But you know, the, the, the gauges are there, and the car doesn't seem to be shaken or anything. So you know what? I'm in for the ride, and I'm trusting to the car that which I don't know. That, 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 that's a much lesser illustration that we don't have to know everything under the hood when it comes to why does God allow this? What is God doing here? What about up here? But the reality is, is that we can entrust the inner workings of this world and the inner workings of what God does, what he does. We can entrust that to God because the Holy Spirit has revealed to us the trustworthiness of God. Does that make sense? God's character, his actions have been revealed to us not in a way that we just read facts. You can have a secular scholar and you you watch documentaries maybe on the History Channel about who is the true historical Jesus or or, uh, what about the crossing of the Red Sea or, or these different things and it's amazing how these These non-believers will rattle off different facts and miss the entire truth of Scripture. That is something only the Holy Spirit can give. And that, if we are believers this morning, is what we have been given. Look at verse 11. For who knows? Here Paul gives an example For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends or knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. 
So where does our confidence lie? Does it somehow lie in, in, the, reality, in, in the thought that we're going to somehow stumble upon some true insight or some facet of hidden wisdom? No, it is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit because we have the example here that we live with every day. No one knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person. Wives, how many of you would love to get into your husband's head and know what he's thinking? Raise your hand if that's true. Is anyone brave enough? Okay, I shouldn't have asked that. Payback for all the stories. I mean, how many times, so how was your day? I don't want to be stereotype anybody. This could work with husbands with wives. Just generally, characteristically, that's not the case. How was your day? Good. What did you do today? I don't know, same stuff. Um, You like this meal? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, What do you think about this? I don't know. Isn't that frustrating? I mean, I do it. It's not frustrating when I do it. If, If I ask somebody a question, it's frustrating. But so many times we would love to jump into somebody's head and just look around like it's a room and just explore all the rooms to truly know that person. And side note, we laugh about that, but we really do need to be working on communication and sharing. And I think one of the reasons, side note, that we struggle communicating our feelings to our spouse, or if you're single, to those that God has placed around you is because we struggle communicating our thoughts and emotions to God. We stuff them down, and we think somehow we have to appear some way before God, and that overflows to our earthly relationships. That's just a side note. But the spirit of that person knows his thoughts. That person's inner mind, his inner being, realizes his thoughts. And so it is that our confidence for being able to know God and to to know him in relationship, to know the truth of what he has done for us in Christ, and it's not that we somehow learn new facts, but, but diving deeper into the message of the gospel isn't something more than Jesus' death, burial, resurrection for us. It's diving deeper into how that affects all of life experientially. That is revealed to us as we grow in Christ in our relationship with him and the Holy Spirit is instructing us. You see, the Spirit of God understands the mind of God. So we see that we have a confidence. How many times, and I think unfortunately, because the Holy Spirit uh, has been so abused in Christian circles that we tend to ignore the working of the Holy Spirit. We tend to not depend on the Holy Spirit as we should. But here's where I think we have to have it in context that God's Spirit, the Scripture says, is revealing to us the depths of God's wisdom. Where is God's wisdom found? In His Word. 
So, it, so when somebody is, is studying God's word and is coming to a greater understanding of God's word and how that should be lived out in, the, in, in their lives, that is a work of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, too many people take these just concepts and say, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. The Holy Spirit impressed this upon my heart. The Holy Spirit showed me that we should do this. And man, there's no connection to God's word. And it's like, okay, God's spirit maybe told you that, but not me. And, and there's one spirit, so, so we can't just all be right. You see, our understanding of the Holy Spirit has to be grounded in the Holy Spirit revealing Christ and the wisdom of God to us through his word, not just through vague concepts. Does God work through nature? Yes, he does. Does God work through music? Yes, he does. But what does God primarily work through? His word. And the spirit will never contradict his word. So Paul brings us a confidence. Don't worry that you appear to be a fool because you're a Christian. Because they consider Jesus a fool but yet, if you have the Spirit of God, you know the truth. You know that God will indeed work all things to completion one day. There will be vindication. But not, so not only does he give us a confidence, but he presents a contrast in verses 12 and 13. Here's where we really need to understand this for our daily living. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Verse 13, we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So we see two contrasts that, that Paul presents to us. Number one, the spirit of this world versus the spirit of God. And praise God, as verse 12 says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. 1 John 4, 4 tells us, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, the, the believers in Corinth, Paul's saying, you've received the Spirit of God. Why are you following after the things of this world? It doesn't make sense. It's not true to who you are. It's not true to your identity. We don't need to be seeking after the things of this world because we have not been given the spirit of this world. We still battle with the flesh. We still battle with wanting to fit in. We still battle with, with the, the, the lust and the greed for more. We still battle with wanting to be in control of our lives and have all the answers you know, so many times, just like we can say, man, if I just had one more dollar more, it would be enough. I know in my mind, I often think, if I just had one more detail secured, man, that would bring some peace. 
But the problem is there's always five more untied circumstances. If I just knew six months in advance what would happen, I'd be okay. Not a year, not two. No, that's never enough. We must place our confidence in the spirit of God, not the mindset of this world. I wonder how many people that claim to be believers and have the spirit of God in them are not believers and their actions and attitudes betray their profession. You see, what does the Spirit of God do within our hearts? The middle of verse 12 says, but we have received the Spirit who is from God. For what purpose? That we might understand the things freely given us by God. So if salvation is a gift, and we come to Christ in repentance and faith, we embrace the wisdom of God that has been revealed to us through Jesus, then the Holy Spirit's work in our heart is to continually reveal to us the depths of what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for us by giving us Jesus. Our whole Christian life is growing in our knowledge of Jesus and of what we have in Christ. It's not simply about knowing extra facts. It's not simply about doing the right things, being the right people. It is growing in the depths of our love and appreciation for Jesus. And side note, as we grow in that, we are going to see more of the depths of our sin, not somehow think we're climbing up the ladder. We're going to see more of our need for Jesus, not less. The Holy Spirit's job is, is causing us to understand or to know the things freely given us by God. You know what's really interesting? In verse 12, that word understand is the same exact word in verse 11. Who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? So what is the spirit who knows the mind of God, who knows the plans of God? What is his responsibility? To cause us to know the reality that God has given us Jesus. And what difference does that now make in life and in death? That's the work of the Spirit. We can't minimalize the work of the Spirit that He's just revealing to me what's God's will for who I marry? What's God's will for where I go to school? What's this? What's God's will for what car I buy? Yes, those things are important, but the Spirit of God is living in you to show you so much more than that. So the first contrast is that we have been given the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of this world. We are not to be preoccupied 
with the things of this world. But verse 13 gives us another contrast. Verse 13 says, we impart this, this wisdom. Paul's talking about himself, the other apostles. We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom. Remember, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, Paul did not come proclaiming the wisdom of men. He didn't come with stylus speech. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the depth of our need for Jesus and the reality of Jesus in our lives for those of us who have him. The pastoral ministry is is such a a, a blessed ministry to have and also such a humbling ministry to have that going to a corporate board meeting and giving a presentation on on how how the company's doing, how statistics are going, that's cut and dry. And and, and you can uh, enamor uh, investors with that and you can cause the company to move forward But man, when it comes to the things of God, you can get up every week and if the Holy Spirit is not involved, it's vain. We must be so dependent on the Holy Spirit to produce any lasting results. The same thing is true in your life. The things of God are not self-learned in the sense of we just stumble upon them apart from the Holy Spirit. The wisdom of God is not taught by human wisdom. Human wisdom says that the things of God are foolish. They're dumb. It's ridiculous. It must be taught by the Spirit. How does the Spirit teach our hearts? The Spirit interprets spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The spiritual truths that God teaches, that the Spirit teaches, are those truths that are found in the Word of God. Who does He teach them to? Those who are spiritual. That does not mean that you wake up one day and you're like, I feel spiritual. I feel good with God. No, spiritual means people who have the Spirit of God in them. Those who possess God's Spirit. So the contrast here is spiritual understanding versus spiritual ignorance. The source of spiritual understanding is the Holy Spirit. He gives understanding to those who have the Spirit of God. Remember, there's no hierarchy when it comes to Christians. The the only distinction the Bible makes between people are those who have the Spirit and those who do not, those who are not believers. And when you get saved, you get all of the Holy Spirit. There is no praying for some type of extra second blessing. 
that you're somehow lacking something. Some churches teach that. That you get the Holy Spirit, but you don't really get all of him or his power. God's Spirit speaks to us through his word. Now, I've been on prayer walks before, and I have, I have uh, the, the Holy Spirit has ministered to my heart through watching birds or looking at nature. The Holy Spirit has, has, has ministered to my heart in so many ways. But you, you know why the Holy Spirit ministers to my heart in those ways? Because those are word pictures of what God's word already declares. It's not some type of extra. It's always tied to God's word. It's never independent from his word. So can I ask you this morning, and our time is is quickly uh, leaving us, Are you living a life of dependence on the Holy Spirit in seeking to know spiritual truths? Again, we're not talking about hidden things, some type of deeper knowledge. We are talking about the depth of God's love that has been shown to you through Jesus Christ and his plan of what his word says is in store for his people. You see, if we as a people are not connected to God's word, and I'm not talking about Sunday morning, it's easy to say, yeah, I go to a church that teaches God's word. I go to a church that, man, you know, God's word stands at the center of all we do. Well, how about you as an individual? Sunday morning in and of itself, is not going to somehow make you a better Christian. How about Monday through Saturday? Are you seeking to grow in your relationship and your uh, understanding of who God is and what he has done for you through Jesus Christ through consistency in the word of God? When is the last time you've opened up the pages of Scripture. I thought this morning, and this is a little bit of an extra thing that that I feel was put on my heart, I just, we are often intimidated by our lack of understanding of Scripture, and it keeps us away from Scripture, when I hope that you can start to get the sense that what the Scriptures tell us is we should not be intimidated by God's word. We should not say, well, you know what? There's just so much I don't understand that I don't even read it. Or that I just have to always depend upon going to a devotional and, because I'll get some things out of that, but not really God's word. I mean, the scripture clearly tells us that that God reveals spiritual truths which are sourced in God's word to those who have the spirit. 
Uh, Rachel and I did a couple episodes in, in our season one of Know and Love podcast on what are some intimidations when it comes to knowing God's word and what are some answers to those intimidations. I'd encourage you to go listen to those if you have time. But I just have a couple thoughts regarding placing our confidence in the Holy Spirit and not running from God's word but running to it. Number one, I think we need to place a priority on spending specific time in God's word as our primary source of spiritual nourishment. I think devotional books are great and have their place. I think helps are great and have their place. But if we are in those more than we're in God's word, I think kind of like a a teeter-totter, the balance is off. And specifically, I think what we need to focus on is reading through books of the Bible. So for instance, for a devotional time saying, you know what, Lord? I am dependent on, on, on you to teach me, and I want to know more of who Jesus is. Not the concepts I've picked up over the years, but, but what your word says. So, Lord, I'm going to read through the book of John. And I'm not going to read through the book of John in, in like five days or ten days. Maybe it'll be a month. Maybe it'll be two months. Maybe four months. But, God, I'm going to systematically Seek to read through books of the Bible. And whatever chunk is swallowable to you. A baby can only chew on certain foods and in certain amounts until the teeth start to grow. But but a baby's never intimidated to eat food, is he? In fact, many times you have to say, no, no, you can't eat that yet. I know daddy and mommy and brothers and sisters are eating it, but not you. They're eager. And so we should be, no matter what stage we would consider ourselves at. But man, if we are going to know God's word, we have to be reading systematically in God's word to be able to truly get the gist of of what God's spirit is saying through his word. So I would encourage you not necessarily to say, I'm going to open up this passage today, that passage tomorrow, over here, over there. No. Say, God, I want to work through this book of the Bible, and I want to know of you in the context of what this book is saying. That's why we preach the way we do on Sunday mornings, or going through books of the Bible. But secondly, I want to encourage you, do not neglect the resources that God has placed around you. So for instance, while the word of God is our chief, uh, it's what we're learning, I would encourage you to have a good study Bible. Now the warning is, don't just jump to the notes all the time. One of, the, one of the answers I like the least in a small group is, well, my study notes say this. Well, that's great, but we didn't ask John MacArthur that question. Maybe we'll get to that, but let's think through it on our own for a while. Have a good study Bible that as you're reading prayerfully, 
and you're really seeking to, to know the words, uh, what the text is saying, when something really trips you up, you're able to go to that note. Or once you think you have an understanding, think through it for a couple minutes, and then go to the note and double-check yourself. That's, the, that's how study Bibles are, are supposed to be a help. Uh, there's many good ones, the ESV study Bible, uh, the biblical theology study Bible. Um, if you have any questions of specific ones, I would love to be able to help you with those. Don't forget that God has given you pastors and church leaders and other Christian friends around you that may be, that they may know more about God's word than you do. God's spirit works through his people. When you're reading, go to individuals and say, hey, I was reading this this morning. I'm not sure if I understand it. Here's what I think it's saying, or I have no clue. What, uh, can you help me in this area? Man, that's how you start to grow. But instead, oftentimes, we just say, man, I can't understand that. Man, I could never go through Romans. I'll be lost, so I'm just not going to do it. Listen, if my calendar was full of people saying, Pastor, can I meet with you because I have some Bible questions, I would be the happiest pastor on earth. You can always come to me. Or Pastor Dennis, or, or, or any of uh, our our. our uh, church leaders. But then third tip, let God's word transform your heart and mind. And that's a process. And many times it's a slow process. So just because you may not fully understand something that you read that day doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not working it in your mind as you're thinking about it. And then, I tell you, and, and I feel this every sermon I prepare, um, when I was going through my, my, uh, my, my degree, um, and I would study, I would purposefully try to put the commentaries to the last thing and try to understand as much as I could on my own. And the greatest joy that I experience is when God shows me a truth when I have an aha moment without running to the commentaries first. And as you start to wrestle through ver verses and texts, God is doing a transforming work in your heart, whether you realize it or not. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. A case in point, uh, just recently, I I'm currently um, reading through the Psalms, and, and I'm using study helps and notes to, to, to get a deeper understanding of the, of the Psalms. We're trying to put that in the right, excuse me, context. Well, after, I'm on Psalm 70-something, and I'm just reading a few a day, and uh, um, one of the struggles that I have in my life is is my prayer life, that so many times I just get stuck praying about self, or I get in these routines, and I just start methodically saying things, and, or my mind loses attention, and, and you know, one of the times I focus in prayer is at night. Uh, I, would, I would keep getting woken up at night, so I said, you know what, Lord, if I wake up at night, I'm going to try to make it a priority to pray, um, because number one, that will bring me peace to go back to sleep, 
And if for some reason, some type of spiritual warfare waking me up, Satan's not going to want to keep doing that if I pray. So, um, um, just the other night, after, after spending, you know, a, a while now in the Psalms, I, I, I was kind of having that struggle, that cyclical cycle of, of uh, repeating things or, or my mind losing. And, you know, I, I just started praying, and without even realizing it, I started praying like the things that I was reading. I mean, all of those psalms are prayers to God. And without even knowing it, those psalms were starting to instruct the way I pray. And it's not that I didn't know that the psalms should be that, but experientially, I was in the Word, and God's Spirit was working through what I was reading. That is the way the Holy Spirit shows us more of God and his ways as we are in his word. It's not always some aha, light bulb, we see Shekinah glory. It's through the everyday faithfulness of seeking to know him more. That was a long side note. <laughs> I just want to quickly give you this, and, and, and Roger, I'm not going to really follow the notes, so uh, you know, if you don't even need to necessarily put these on the overhead. Uh, but, but the third source, if we want to have confidence and wisdom in the wisdom of God, we're going to find that confidence and certainty in knowing that we have the mind of Christ. The end of our passage in verse 16 says, we have the mind of Christ. Now in verse 14, look at the distinction that is made. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. So they're dumb, they're ridiculous. It says he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So without the Spirit of God at work, it's impossible for someone to understand the gospel. It's impossible for someone to understand the Word of God, spiritual truths. They can learn facts from the Word of God, but they cannot truly know the truth of what the Word of God is saying in the sense of a saving relationship and the reality of what is being written. Verse 15 says, The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. You may say, Pastor Adam, what in the world does that mean? Well, not only should we realize the natural person will act according to his or her natural mind, But the spiritual person has the mind of Christ. So, so the things of God are spiritually discerned, and the spiritual person judges all things. That word judges is the same word as discerned in verse 14. So the spiritual person is able to discern all things. What that means is the spiritual person who has the Spirit of God is able, because of God's Spirit in, the, in them, is able to place values 
on what they are hearing, on how they are living, on, the tr- of, on what is true reality. God's Spirit allows us to say, this may seem foolish, but it is the truth. You know what? There is this way I could go that could bring me all sorts of prosperity, but that's empty. I'm going this way. This is what truly satisfies, not that. Paul is saying, if you have the Spirit of God in you, and you are living in obedience to that Spirit, you have the confidence that as you are seeking God, you are able to follow Him in all ways. And you are able to place a right priority on the things of God over the things of this world. And then the next phrase says, but he himself is judged by no one. What does that mean? Does that mean that, that hey, don't judge me. I have the Spirit of God. No, because we're going to see Pastor Dennis is going to be preaching on chapter 5. Um, and Paul says that they are to cast judgment upon a professing believer that's in sin and remove him from the church. What this is saying, he himself is judged by no one, is that an unbeliever that does not have the Spirit of God is not able to ever cast the final verdict on a believer. So church in Corinth, you may be seeming like fools to all of these wisdom philosophers and and, and orators, but they don't have the final say. We may be ridiculed for our faith, we may be made to stand out, but guess what? Those who do not have the Spirit of God cannot pass a final verdict. And then verse 16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In other words, because we have the mind of Christ, we have the priorities of Christ, we understand the truth that Jesus is not simply crucified, he's a risen Savior. We are able to know God more because through the Holy Spirit we have been given the very mind, the thoughts, the concept of the risen Savior. We are followers of Jesus. Are you living today according to the confidence and certainty of living with the mind of Christ? You see, God's people can trust God's wisdom because it has been divinely revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. So don't start doubting and going off because we know who has revealed true truth to us. Are you going to follow the wisdom of God today? Thank you.